Welcome back to the Bad Heart Podcast with Gina Kelly and myself, Dana. Um, this episode is sponsored by Trust and Will. Today we're thrilled to have Kim Hildreth. Kim is not only a professional beach volleyball player, but also a certified health coach. She's known for her impressive skills on the court, as well as her dedication to helping others achieve their health and wellness goals. Welcome, Kim. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, talking about the health coaching, because I think it's really interesting um, about what you like there. You share a lot of really interesting information on your social media channels and stuff. So I kind of wanted to hear about like what exactly health coaching is and what it entails, um, because I think it's it's pretty all encompassing. Right. Yeah, it's a great question. I get asked this question a lot um, because it's kind of a newer field like it's kind of been around but it's starting to become more recognized as a a great avenue for you know essentially it's like someone to help you with behavior change um but what I think it's a little bit bigger than that I think almost every health coach would consider themselves like holistic minded that you know your mind and body aren't separated that we're looking at you know what whatever your health behaviors are like so a lot of people are like oh health coach they help me lose weight you know which is definitely something I can do for people but Um, what I've found is that typically people who are looking to change their body composition or losing weight or making changes in their lives, um, especially me, because the people that I work with are coming to me through social media. They're not like completely sedentary, um, especially in my private business anyway, they know what to do. (laughs) I think all of us know what it looks like to like live a reasonably like healthy life. Um, it's just, there's something stopping them from doing it. And I think, uh, we can all see that like as an athlete, like it's like, I know I'm not supposed to hit this ball in this situation or whatever, you know? Um, but I keep doing it. It's like, why, (laughs) you know? And so there's always like some underlying issue there. And so when I explain it to people who are interested in working with a health coach, I typically say, um, you know, behavior change, we can definitely figure out like what's blocking you from doing that behavior that you want to do more consistently. Um, but it definitely requires looking at the past, but it's not therapy. So like therapy is an exploration of your past to gain a better understanding of who you are in the present and why you're acting this, the way that you are in the present. That's great. It has its place. I think therapy stops at action steps and health coaching starts because what is coaching? You know, coaching is like helping somebody go to the next level and whatever it is with real action items. And so health coaching is really like forward facing where therapy is like really backwards facing. And I think they're very complementary with each other, but I do find that health coaching is pretty empowering, you know, because it's like, Hey, like we realize there's stuff in the past that you can't control. We realize there's stuff in the present that you can't control, but what can we control? And let's like freaking go forward. Let's move forward and, and do something, you know? So it's, it's exciting. It's empowering. It's fun definitely has a lot to do with nutrition and and fitness, obviously, but I find that it has a lot more to do with like more nuanced, like ideas of, you know, social connections and patterns that you learn from the people around you and and all kinds of different stuff, which is really fun because I love problem solving. So yeah, kind of gets into that. Yeah. I, it's very all, you're right. It it very is all encompassing. And I think, uh, before we get more deeper into that, um, into specific areas that I wanted to to explore, but I wanted to get into why you even got interested into health coaching in the first place, because I think that um, you probably have an interesting story that uh, people might be able to relate to or whatnot that, because um, I know you this information you shared with us kind of gave us a little background on that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's two 
main like factors that kind of pushed me into the, like being really interested in this stuff and being really good at it. I think first and foremost, um, you know, I grew up in a very like blue collar family. Like uh, my parents had a super young, they were like still building. Like, I think I felt a mindset of like, you kind of have to work for it. Like there's not a lot of extra to go around. So like whatever you want to do, you really need to like pursue it yourself. And that included, I think everyone's parents generation can understand. I just feel like there's so much more that we know about health and wellness now. And there was like this weird and it's getting a little big picture, but I could go off on this stuff. There's like a, a period of 50 to 70 years, like between our generation and, and the generations above us that basically, um, the processed food industry like changed the landscape of how people eat and act and like industrial revolution and stuff changed the way people right lived. So there's like, you know, old, the old times where people just ate whatever was there and like had to work and had to be active. And then there's like now where there's a completely different landscape. Right. So for, for sure, like my family ate like a typical American family. Um, and I didn't realize that I was like, suffering from that because everybody else was kind of suffering from that. And I just, you don't know what you don't know. So I think, you know, going through my career, like as a high school athlete, as even a collegiate athlete, my first couple of years after playing in college, like I uh, absolutely like wasn't feeding myself well. I would joke with my friends about having like ice cream two a days, you know, and like <laughs> I had ice cream last night. So did I. Oh my God, it's so good. Hey, we love ice cream. Having ice cream twice a day on a regular basis. Not great. Doesn't make me feel very good. Um, but I didn't know that because I didn't know what feeling good looked like. Um, and I think that's a really big thing that like changed my life was like, and when I work with other people too, it's like when you only eat McDonald's every day, can you imagine what your like good day feels like? You know, especially us as athletes, like I think all of us eat pretty well. If you can imagine just eating a burger and fries every single day, like that's your baseline of how you feel. And that's kind of where my mindset was, is like whatever I was eating, that was like my baseline. Like I only knew how good it was based on what I was eating at the time. And then when I changed things, I was like, holy smokes, like I have so much more energy. I have so much more focus, like I'm emotionally healthier, (laughs) like I'm happier, like easier to be around, you know. So I think personally, as I learned a lot as an athlete of how to be a better athlete and those steps opened up like something I didn't even know existed and how good I could feel. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to help other people feel this way. Like if someone had taught me that when I was a kid, when I was in club volleyball, like I would have been a better athlete. I would have had a more successful career, like at a younger age. And so part of it is like, man, I want other people to like know is like if I can share on my social media, if I can work with people one-on-one, I go and help like club teams and just explain to them like different things that can help them. That would have changed my life as a kid. And so that's kind of a huge avenue of why I got into it. The other part is, you know, I think there's a lot of people in my life that I wish they could see what I see and I wish they could see how I feel. And sometimes you're not always the right person to have that conversation with them. So if I can help other people, if I can help somebody else's friend, dad, mom, whatever, um, I'm making a difference and it feels good. And so I think that's kind of like what led down my path of really getting interested and feeling really fulfilled by this career. That's really cool. I hearing about your, um, eating as a child and growing up I would remember I thought of like me coming back from school before like club volleyball practice and I'd eat like 
a whole bag of Lay's chips, maybe a couple cookies, and then I'd go play volleyball for like three hours and, you know, come home and then have to do homework and eat more shitty food. Oops. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I just slipped out. Do it. Um, Do it. Yes. I want more of that. (laughs) Um, And eat more shitty food. But, but I, but I guess like, what is, what are some signs that you can pay attention to? Because obviously, you know, you can have be lethargic you can be tired you can have crashes but are there any other signs or signals that you can um pay attention to that could that you could advise people so that they can maybe recognize that they're malnourished or whatever it may be yeah a hundred percent um they're um you know mental and physical signs like i think especially energy levels like it is not this is something that blew my mind like that no one literally i'd never seen on social media. I'd never read about it. But like, I just figured I used to take a nap every day. Like I would wake up in the morning and be like, when can I nap <laughs> every day? It was just like normal part of my process. It is not normal to take a nap every day. It's just really not. I think there's different situations in your life. If you're pregnant, it could be pretty normal if you're taking a nap every day, if you're on your period, you know, whatever. Right. But as a typical lifestyle you shouldn't necessarily need to take a nap every day. So I think like monitoring your energy levels is a huge, huge indicator of there is something going on. There's a great account that I follow that's like doing some really great stuff called Physiology First. And they basically talk about how the mental health revolution that's happening in kids these days is actually a physical health issue. You know, like I think any of us could say, again, especially because we know now as athletes, the days that I don't go outside, <laughs> that I, you know, don't eat a vegetable, uh, don't get a great night of sleep, I feel I'm like not happy, you know, I'm just like depressed and like, ugh, volleyball sucks, you know, <laughs> like everything sucks. And then I go outside for a walk and I'm like, it's a little better, <laughs> you know. So I think um, like that is a huge sign of if you're if you're not happy on a regular basis if you're not energetic on a regular basis mental fog is a huge one like if you feel like you have lapses in focus um if you feel like you get a really dry mouth randomly during the day that's one that i didn't think about very often <laughs> did you just look for I, I honestly water? she's i was all the symptoms right now I was, oh my gosh you need to go outside and i was like get out do you need a snack i feel like this she's describing me this is how i feel all the time <laughs> well i'm always tired we also didn't have any lunch you didn't either. you're right i haven't eaten lunch so yeah. that might be you but need see, to manage your energy levels i know you listen over here yeah. yeah i mean i think that's really interesting though right because i don't feel like I work, you know, I work for my own private business with health coaching, but I also work with a men's weight loss company. And so I work with men 50, 60 years plus that are, you know, trying to lose weight or whatever. And these guys, a hundred percent of them are like, yeah, I'll have like a coffee for breakfast and then I'll get super busy throughout the day. And then when I get home, I'm just like done. I can't do anything. I'm like, yeah, you, you haven't eaten all day. <laughs> it's like, yeah, having like regular balanced meals throughout your day, like can definitely change things for you. Um, so, you know, I think signs that people take for granted because everybody feels that way nowadays. So it's like, it's normal, but that doesn't mean that it's right. And I think that's like my personal, like constant pursuit. It says on my Instagram because I really like believe in authenticity. Um, like every single day, I'm just trying to figure out like what exactly is means to like fully be thriving. I think I 
like every year I feel like I discover something new about what that means that I had no idea existed before. It's like when you're like just starting to play beach volleyball and you kind of, you block one, you know, and then you, when you learn how to block four and you, your first time that you trick somebody into hitting a line shot in your lap, you're like, it's like amazing moment, you know, like you kind of unlocked a new level of the game. That's what I feel like with like figuring out these things of like learning how to thrive. And then I want to help other people because I was not thriving for like most of my high school and collegiate career. I was like barely getting by, but I didn't know I was barely getting by. I didn't even know it was like an option to feel the way I feel today, which is sad. So what was there like a moment then that you had this like, oh my gosh, I should really like pay attention to my health. Like what age were you? Like when did you start making those changes? Yeah, I think, um, they subtly happened for a couple years. I think when I first started dabbling in like professional beach volleyball, I learned some things, but it didn't make like an earth shattering difference in my life. And then I think there were two, two times that like, I mean, basically I think this happens for most people. It was like two times of like absolute crisis in my life that, that I was like, something has to change. So the first one was um, in 2018 was probably like one of the hardest years of my life. I switched tours. That was the first year I played on the AVP. Um, so, you know, you're starting from the bottom of the qualifier. Um, I played with Sarah Skirmerhorn. That was probably her second year playing beach volleyball like ever. And she's a great player, but we definitely had some like growth and growing pains and stuff. And so my volleyball career took a huge hit from doing really well in the NBL to being at the bottom of the barrel on the AVP and barely qualifying. Uh, I broke up with my current husband <laughs> twice that year we had a, a rough year um it's why we're together today so you know it's great it worked out but like you know per, in my personal life it was like it was just a really tough year and so I think the stress of that year that's the first time in my life that I'd had like just an overwhelming amount of stress that like I think fundamentally impacted my health in like a major way I started having like incredible incredible digestion issues like I was trying like I'd go three months trying to be vegan I'd go three months trying to get rid of dairy I'd go three months trying to be a carnivore diet like I mean I tried everything because I was like I'll never forget I mean this carried into well into like 20 like early 2020 even um the AVP Hawaii like if anybody's ever been through digestive issues when you travel (laughs) it gets so much worse and it's like and then stress makes things worse so then you're like you're stressed because you know you're going to travel and you know it's going to get worse and it just all get it just all piles on. And uh, AVP in Hawaii in 2019 was probably the worst event of my life. Like I was literally, you have to, you know, you got to match your partner, you got to wear a bikini. You're super hot, so you want to wear a bikini. I haven't gone to the bathroom in days. I'm like super bloated. Like in the middle of matches, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like I gotta, I might have to take a time out because <laughs> like I'm not okay, you know. So like that was a huge moment where I was like, something has to give, like I have to figure it. So I was doing a lot of like self-exploring. I think that one of the major issues is I just feel like it's for someone who's an athlete, it was hard for me to find resources that I trusted that actually helped me. And that is like really sad to me that it, I mean, I went, I went to a doctor, I went to my primary care. He referred me to a gastroenterologist and the guy met with me for 15 minutes and gave me a box of pills. And I was like, this is not it. (laughs) This is not it. Um, so that was probably the first thing. And then that kind of bled into early 2020 that year. I got a sponsorship from levels health. It was like probably life-changing experience for me to do a continuous glucose monitoring. I learned so much about how that was impacting my mental health, my physical health. Um, that changed a lot of things for me. 
then I started working with a natural health clinic that was like did a bunch of very detailed blood work and like changing a lot of things and so I figured it out (laughs) but uh, I think like major stressful year and I think anybody who's been through a time period like that can can say like I mean I've never been more firmly convinced that like the mind and body are connected than what happened to me that year you know for sure I mean this is a a little not totally related but like my mom um learned a lot when my grandma was going through Alzheimer's and how much of your gut health is directly correlated to your brain health is like it's huge and my mom had been um and smoking same thing like my mom had been smoking a packet of cigarettes since she was 15 years old and four years ago when she learned all this when my grandma was going through this she quit cold turkey because she was like I need to take care of my health and it was like that was the motivating factor for her after all these years to like give up smoking which is so crazy because I how many times I would like throw away her cigarettes out of her purse as a kid growing up and you know anyway so yeah I totally agree I think it's uh, so important to they are totally correlated and um so then I, I I guess with with the um the obviously you said you there was a lot of misinformation or you kind of had to seek out the right information um what advice can you give for people who are wanting to do that because I know there's a lot of stuff you see on Instagram, like, oh, don't eat this, do this, yada, yada, this is bad for you, this is good for you. Like, how do you go about, um, or how would you recommend going about trying to figure out what's best for you? Yeah, I don't, unfortunately, I don't think there's an easy answer. I think the best thing you can do is a, is multifaceted, really. Like, I think it takes, um, like, I believe that, like, modern science is, like, has a place in our society. Obviously I have a, um, I have a four-year-old nephew who was born with a lot of birth complications. He had an open trach for two years in his life. He had a full tracheotomy, you know, like that kid would have died without modern science. However, I know a lot of people in the medical industry that know nothing about the things that I know about. Um, and so I think you have to know what you're looking for and you have to be okay with what you're getting. Um, it's really unfortunate. I think that you have to be so well-educated as a consumer to make the best decisions for yourself. Um, so I definitely think seeking out people that you trust, um, that have, I, I mean, I think some of it comes down to like having an aligned worldview because I do think there's people on both sides of the spectrum that are like, you know, there's all this woo woo stuff that they think, you know, when we're talking about like metabolic health, it's like super trendy, but, um, it does have a place. And I think you need to be, entering those conversations with an awareness of consumerism because at the end of the day what we see on social media there's people who are genuinely trying to help but they're also trying to sell um and so i think knowing being a conscious consumer going into those conversations and like knowing that person has an agenda you have an agenda you can still come to a good decision i also do think it's important that the person that you are i mean this is a fundamental thing that I believe in general of like people that I want in my circle in my life that I'm going to pay money for. Um, I think they should be growth mindsets like oriented. (laughs) If they think they know everything, I would not work with them. Um, every single person in the health industry that has made an impact on my life has had that mindset. And I think every single person that I've had a bad interaction with has been very close minded, very like, I know what's best for you, especially when they haven't heard my story. Um, like one of the, my PT who, radically changed my career like she uh, synergy pt i'll give her a little shout out karen hoyt like listened to me talk for an hour about every single symptom 
in every way. She's a PT, like about everything. Cause she's like very holistic. She's like, she believes everything impacts that. Right. So I think that's the number one thing I would look for. I guess if I would sum it up is like, do they believe that they know everything or not? Yeah. The, just describing that PT, it makes me think of Lisa Reed who we had on. Um, we love Lisa. Yeah. She kind of had that same mindset. And sometimes she was like, I have to separate like being a therapist too, because sometimes that's hard. Yeah. Who have you worked with? Like who are you, who have been your life coaches to help you be in the position you are today? Mm, great question. I think every good coach has a coach. Mm. Um, I have, it's funny enough when I first got into coaching, um, I reconnected with a woman who coached me when I was like 10. Um, her, nuts, her name's Jeanette. She was my older sister's coach for like years during club volleyball. Um, she was coaching younger kids when I was kind of going through my career, but you know, my, my parents were good friends with her because my sister played for her for a really long time, whatever. After I finished my health coaching certification program, my mom was like, oh, Jeanette's a health coach. I was like, oh, mom, that's cute. I'll reach out to her. And I reached out to her and I was like, oh, this is so wild. You know, like somebody that I basically was, you know, when you're like 10 and you think about an adult and it's like, it's like, ah, they're whatever, you know, I reconnected with her and she really helped me, um, get my business started and whatnot. I think, um, I have, oh gosh, I feel like I have like a lot of people who I would say are my like life coaches (laughs) informally. Um, I work, I mean, I think Karen, my PT has helped me in a, in a lot of ways. Um, my therapist has helped me in a lot of ways. Um, I think my volleyball coaches, I think when I worked with Raquel Ferreira for years, I learned so much from her. I'm currently learning a ton from pre Lima. Like, um, it just all melds together for me. There's been different times where I've reached out and paid different people for like specific services. Um, but honestly, I'm still looking, I think, for like a real mentor. Um, something that I've noticed about myself in the last couple of years is that I've been in a position in my life of like leadership and authority. And I tend to fall into a community of people where I am the leader. And I think to grow at this point in my life, I need to like actively seek out someone who can lead me which is hard I don't like giving up control I don't think anybody who's like a high level athlete like loves that um so yeah I'm always looking but I think that's a cool thing you know I think as I evolve there's going to be different people that have a place in my life to take that role for me which is cool Wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Trust and Will. They've helped over 1 million Americans leave their legacy by creating an easy and secure estate plan in minutes. Creating a will or trust is a must and a no-brainer for any parent or homeowner listening. With plans starting at only $159, it's so easy you really have no excuse. Plus, use the code BETONHER for $50 off. Visit trustandwill.com to learn more. Nice. You've put yourself in some good environments. So you've surrounded yourself with some pretty important people that have helped you be in the position where you are today. So and important women, important women. That. Yeah. 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 Good yeah. Stuff. What, um, what sort of tips or strategies would you be willing to share with someone that is, um, looking to change their, their health in whatever, any capacity? Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple pretty strong, like underlying, things that I tend to hit with like everyone that I do really deep work with. Like, and when I say deep work, I mean more than just like a couple sessions. I think a couple sessions can get somebody a little motivated again, a little bit of accountability, get them fired up to like kind of move forward. But I think real change happens when you like get to know each other and there's like more hard questions asked 
um, and explored. Um, one of the most common things, especially because probably everybody listening to this is somewhat of an athlete and interested in athletics in general. I think that there's this win or fail mindset, very black and white thinking that is like a epidemic <laughs> in, uh, most of Western culture. And I think it's really harmful for everyone. And so the number one question I ask people is like, question yourself constantly. Like, is this serving me? Because I think I've found a lot of times where I ask somebody that and I'm like, you can choose to think that way. Two things. Let's make it a choice. Let's get you conscious of it so that you, and you can be like, I love thinking black or white. And I'll be like, I'm really happy for you. <laughs> if that works for you. I don't know you. I'm not, your, you know, I don't live your life, but let's make it a choice and like really be sure, like ask yourself, like if I, if I step onto the court and I, I'm guilty of this. So that's why I figured it out. Cause if I step on the court and I'm like, if I lose, I mean, I'm playing, we're playing Huntington beach this weekend. If I lose in the qualifier tomorrow in the first round to a couple of college girls who this might be their first AVP qualifier. If I lose to that team, did I lose the tournament? Like, does that define my career? You know, I think that's like a very like win or fail mindset, black or white. Does that serve me? You know, at the end of the day, like, what does that do for me to walk off the court if I lose my first round tomorrow? Not that I'm trying to manifest that, but like, what does that do for me to think that way? You know, does it motivate me? Does it get me to work harder? Maybe in the long term, I think it just makes me really sad and really unhappy playing this sport. So I gave that up a while ago, um, but that's probably like the number one advice I'd have for people when they get into this kind of stuff is always ask yourself, does it serve me? And check yourself, are you falling into a black or white either or mindset? Because I think the world is a much grayer place than most people have room for. Um, there's a lot of room for both being disappointed in myself if I lose tomorrow and loving this sport and feeling like I have room to grow, you know? Yeah, I saw that uh, story you posted earlier today. I thought that was really awesome. Which one was that? <laughs> for the qualifiers. For oh, yeah, my repost of yeah. of the work we did. Yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking about it because we were just talking, talked about it earlier. There are, I mean, there could be a All-American number one, one of the best blockers in the country, Lexi Denenberg, not qualified tomorrow. There could be a world champion gold medalist, Larissa Mastrini, not qualifying tomorrow. You know, there could be a Ali Song, not qualified tomorrow. It's like man, is that really going to define your career? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely can relate to that. I think um, I've worked a lot with this with my sports psych about um, being so result focused in my career. And um, I have unfortunately defined myself by that. And it kind of goes back to my childhood of like always needing to get the best grades. And if I didn't, I've failed, even though if it's just like one B on my report card, you know, so um, I've definitely struggled with it throughout my career. And I, at times I'm able to find my way and have this different mindset. Um, but then there's other times where I put so much weight on it and I'm just like, Oh, what did, and I look back and I'm like, why did I do that? Like, so it's, it's not easy, but I definitely agree with you that I think it's really important to, um, ask you, ask yourselves those questions. Those are good questions. Yeah. And I love that you said it's not easy. And I think there's the other to back to Dana's question, like the other thing that I feel like people, the most most happens when I work with people is that we are so scared of doing things that are hard. There are so many people that are so scared that are to do things that are hard, which is really sad because every hard thing I've ever been through 
like I mentioned earlier, I broke up with my husband twice in one year. That was absolutely the hardest year of my life. But then in 2019, we got engaged. I made an AVP final after the worst season of my career. It's like every hard thing that I've ever done has been, if I got through it, the best thing I've ever done. And I think people miss that. I think athletes get to dabble in it more than the average population. But um, even athletes, like we find ourselves like we're kind of comfortable with this kind of hard, you know, we're kind of comfortable with, Hey, I'll put myself out there and sign up for the hardest qualifier of the year. And I might lose. I'm okay with that. I'm used to that kind of grieving or used to that tough situation. So I, I try to constantly like challenge myself, like what areas do I like I'm comfortable in that aren't hard that I like could maybe lean into a little bit more versus just being like, I'm really good at this kind of hard, you know? What are your goals for your health and wellness business that you've created? Like, where do you want to take that in the next three, five, couple years? I don't know. Looking long-term. Yeah. Yeah. That you sound like health coach. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the questions I ask all of my clients. And, uh, I love being challenged in that way. Um, I, when I got my health coaching certification, I was like, I'm going to work for a company. I'll never start my own business. That sounds really hard. (laughs) And then I couldn't get a job. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just, I've got some time. It's 2020. Might as well do something. And, uh, so, you know, this, that question to me feels like a little bit of like when you asked, uh, when you guys asked like, what are your goals for volleyball? Um, I've just like, never been someone to have and like you know for better or for worse I think you know maybe someone like April Ross you guys know her better than me but I think she's been like I'm gonna win a gold medal and there's so much that you can get out of having like a really clear goal like that it's just like never been the way that I work and so I just kind of here for the ride to like see how it evolves I think I see like I see the lives I'm changing now I think that you know I'm only 32 like I think that at the end of the day like how much more can I provide the people I'm working with in like 10 or 15 or 20 years? Like this is something I'm like, I hope when I'm 85 years old, I'm still taking calls to do health coaching because I love it. Like I really want to help people. I wish that I'd had a hand to hold me, you know, at times in my life. And so if I can do that for other people, I'll do it for the rest of my life. And I think as opportunities come, I'm like open to it evolving, like getting bigger, I'm also open to it just staying the same and me having like a couple clients at any given given time and not really being my full-time hustle, but being something that's like fulfilling and enjoying. Um, so I don't know, like, I feel like big goals are <laughs> just like some, maybe I need to set some big goals to challenge myself. But, um, at this point I'm just like taking whatever door is open in front of me for that part of my life and like if I've up like I you know I just picked up a job with a startup in November and I've learned so much I would have never been working with I mean our company primarily works with people who have obesity I don't talk to men in their 50s who have obesity I don't have any of those men in my life like I don't have any idea how that part of the world lives and now that I do it's really like opened my perspective so much and talking to people who have had a completely different life than me. So I'm kind of like just open. Like if this, it's a startup, you know, startups might last, they might not. If it goes under, I'm open for the next one. And maybe I'll get to work with a different population of people that I've never worked with before. And yeah. So just, just here to watch it evolve and see what I can get from it. Yeah. Um, so speaking of your goals, um, 
and what you've accomplished with your health and wellness, with volleyball and all that stuff, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Because we're sponsored by Trust and Will and they talk about legacy. So yeah, what's the legacy you would like to leave behind? I think I posted about this recently because I've just, it's funny how I just feel like whatever, you know, you get asked the same questions from like 20 different areas at the same time. So you asking me that is like, not surprised, I guess. It's just like where I'm at right now. Um, so I posted about it recently, but I, I think that the biggest thing that I see hold people back is conformity. I think that people are so scared. Like when I see someone like in my startup job where I'm working with, you know, a guy who's trying to lose weight and his whole family, everyone at his work at work, they always have cupcakes and bagels and tons of coffee and you know everyone around them is doing whatever these behaviors are and they're trying to do something different that is so hard that is like a fundamental you know when you see like chimpanzees like that's how we're like you know apes it's like that's what our social like um I don't know what the word is but like you know our innate social is telling us to do is to like conform to be part of the group and so I the legacy I want to leave is I want to be the kind of person that's brave enough to go first I want to be the kind of person that's okay with getting flack for not conforming. I'm o- I want to be okay with being the kind of person who can do things differently. And that way, the next person that's watching me, some college kid or high school girl that's like following my Instagram, sees me do that and is like, I want to do that too. And it's not as hard for me to do it because she went first, yeah. you know? And I think that's a really cool way to like, uh, grassroots level at least like change the world I love that yeah goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> or I'm cold but goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> could be a little bit of both um you've played with a lot of different partners did you check my bvb from last year <laughs> <laughs> how do you adjust playing with someone um new and what co- qualities do you look for in a in a partnership or a partner um well sitting in a room full of defenders, I think you don't always get to choose the qualities that you look for in your partner, um, which is a cool part of this sport um, because you have to learn how to manage different personalities and expectations and mindsets. Um, If I had, if I got to choose, um, again, I would want to be with someone who's growth mindset oriented. Um, I'd want to be with someone who really values communication and transparency. Um, I think there is, I saw this really great thing the other day about how people who are, um, what's the word? People are who like are emotionally vulnerable are like inherently more trustworthy because if you, if, if you never have to guess what I'm thinking, you never have to worry, you know? And I think there's this like underlying societal expectation that we're all mind readers and that like, I know what's going on with you and I, it's my responsibility to guess what's going on with you. I think that's bonkers. But a lot of people just do it because that's what their parents did and that's what their community does and we just learn that way, right? I don't want to do that with my volleyball partner. (laughs) I don't want to read your mind. Um, That's not very fair. Um, And I think inherently when we say it's a partnership, then both people are contributing equally. So I think communication and transparency are like huge. Um, Ideally, I would say they have a similar idea of me that we're not super results oriented. We're like growth oriented. Um, that would be my choice. Uh, but I think that's not how most people are. I think I've, especially last year I played with a lot of younger girls. Um, 
college kids. <laughs> like, yeah, they're 10 years younger than me at this point. So that was uh, interesting. Um, but it just, I think it teaches you so much about um, who you are. Like things that bother me on the court uh, with one person might not bother me on the court with another person. So I think it helped me grow. Like last year, I don't know, I think I played maybe 10 plus partners. It helped me grow a lot because I got to experience the way other people experience the game through them, through playing with them. I think it allowed me some more versatility to like manage the game because if I, this is something I think everybody should do. When I was like just starting my career, I played all kinds of volleyball. I played Sarah Skirmerhorn volleyball where I have a big at the net who, you know, especially when she was just getting every big, when they were just getting started playing, you know, she's like, I'm at the net. I'm not getting off the net. <laughs> you do you back there. Yeah. That's a very different kind of volleyball than when I played with Katie Spieler. And I ran up and we basically played two down. We had a fun little match with you in Austin. Yeah, that was brutal. And it was very hot. <laughs> very <laughs> hot. So hot. Super long rallies. You know, so I think, you know, when you play with people who have different skill sets, you learn about your opponents a lot more. So like playing two down split blocking made, makes it easier for me to play against a team like that because I know how it works from the inside. I think it works the same way when you play with different people. Like, cause if you know how different people think, then it's easier to also play against those kind of people and find the little, you know, things that can kind of stick the knife in and get the W at the end of the game. That's <laughs> <laughs> working them. <laughs> yeah. I, I recall, um, uh, 2019 when you were playing in Chicago and I was there, just started Buzzle Media or Buzzle at the time. It was in Buzzle Media. And I remember watching you play against Megan Rice and Taylor Nyquist. And they lost to you guys. Um, but comparing that then to now, you're like a completely different person. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier that every year you're challenging yourself through whether it's partnerships, but also discovering yourself, you know, with challenges that you might be going through but um so yeah I just wanted to point out that you're just um you're more of an open book I feel like than people might assume um but you're uh definitely leaving an impact I feel that's probably the best compliment I've ever got so I appreciate that you're welcome I do think that if people were to say you know everybody talks about everybody so I hate when people are like Oh, don't talk about that person. It's like literally everybody talks about everybody. Um, Just be willing to say it to their face, I think, is where I'm at with that. Uh, If people were to say one thing about me, if they're like, she's changed, is like, great. (laughs) On the court, off the court, you know? Because I think we all have our faults. We all have stuff that we're not super proud of. But if you're willing to evolve, then that's pretty cool. And you're someone that I, you know, because if you're like, if you're someone who can evolve, it's like, Man, I can trust you because if you're willing to evolve, then the mistakes that you made, that maybe directly hurt me or not. Like, you might not make them again because you're really trying not to. Like, that's pretty cool. So, thanks. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I think it goes right back to growth mindset of being open-minded. And, um, you know, we are all going through our own struggles. And at the end of the day, you know, we're here for each other. Here we are. Yeah. The, the trust circle. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so natural how are do we, we know what to, to do are we going to summon something like what are we doing here that's really gonna be funny that like, was weird <laughs> you can put in one of those like cool effects <laughs> wait. wait there we go oh. <laughs> <laughs> God. 
<laughs> what have we become? Amazing. Uh, I blame it on the fact that we haven't eaten anything. Um, 100%. <laughs> and so obviously the the obvious last question here is we've already asked you this uh, during the bet on her media day. Thank you for being a part of that. Um, how do you take a bet on yourself or how have you taken a bet uh, on yourself? Yeah, um, I feel like I've been betting on myself for most of my career. Um, I don't, I didn't have a whole, again, like I think the situation I grew up in, you know, my parents were, had three young kids financially. They were barely getting by. They were freaking young too. My parents were high school sweethearts, which is adorable, Mm -hmm. but I cannot even consider having three kids by age 25. (laughs) I mean, so, you know, they did the best they could for sure, but it wasn't like a super easy situation, I think. Um, And so I feel like you know, my coaches, my family situation, the coaches I had in college, you know, there's just a lot of chaos. There was not a lot of like mentorship or direction. Um, and I really, I mean, I think it taught me a lot of like resilience. Um, but I really just, I never had a coach that was like, you know, I believe in you (laughs) until I was 25, maybe like the first coach that I genuinely believed that they thought I could actually do something was Raquel Ferreira, second coach, (laughs) pre-Lima. Those two Brazilians changed my life. Um, So I feel like my love of the game kind of kept me with it, but I never really, it's hard to like fully believe in yourself when there's not at least like one reasonable validation. You know, like my mom and dad were like, you're so good at volleyball. And I'm like, you don't know anything about volleyball, <laughs> but I love you guys. <laughs> you know, they've like definitely supported me and been like super, super supportive of me pursuing this. But um, it's different when there's someone who like knows about it and like validates that for you. So um, I have definitely bet on myself by <laughs> like moving to Florida by myself. I didn't know anybody when I moved to Florida the day that I was supposed to move to Florida. I literally cried to my mom. I was like, this is a horrible decision. I should not be going. Um, you know, I think for whatever reason, I just felt like it was like something I was so, I loved so much. I couldn't not do it, even if it was super hard. Um, And so I feel like having that like in my back pocket is cool, but also like trying to now that I know that it's much easier when you have like some more support um, and continuously trying to build that is really cool. But I definitely hope that anybody that's listening, like I know there's a lot of women out there who don't have opportunities and you may never get them. Like, I think there's hard work. And then there's some breaks that I got in my career that like allowed me to be where I am today. And if I had never gotten those breaks, like maybe I wouldn't have kept playing. But at the end of the day, like if you're doing something, if you're able to do something that you love, because I do think that's a privilege and you can bet on yourself, you won't regret it. You'll learn a lot. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. You guys have anything else? No, that was great. No, that was, um, yeah, I think I learned a lot from you and I think you have definitely made the person you are and you're making the changes and you just, you've put in the hard work. So you're blossoming. It's been fun to see. Well, thank you. You're welcome. So good luck in Huntington. Thanks. Um, you guys too. Hope to luck. see you on yeah. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks for being here, Kim. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, um, good luck to all of you guys. Hopefully Murphy is under the table somewhere. He's right behind me. He loves me. I don't. He loves me now. This is like the third time you've met him. I know. He's betrayed me. (laughs) He's honestly making us look bad as a unit as well. 
Um, next time I'm bringing Toby. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, this is the Bet on Her podcast. And cut.